The 2019 Stride Film Festival starts on the 19th of March. And to discuss the programme for this year, we sat down with Andy Friedman, who is a co-director of the festival, to talk about the films, venues, competitions, events and workshops that make this festival such a unique experience. Please be aware there is a brief spoiler in this show relating to Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. And on that cautionary note, over to you, Jeff. Hello, and today your At The Flicks team are in Stroud to talk to Mr Andy Friedman. Andy is the co-founder of the Stroud Film Festival, which is now in its fifth year, and which runs from the 9th to the 24th of March. With the festival just days away, Andy, thank you very much for sparing the time to talk to us, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed, Jeff, and thanks for your time. Five years, and each year the lineup just gets better. What's the secret of your success? Hard to know exactly why, but it began quite small and it's grown, but we've kept it from getting too big. We're a collective of 11 different venues, and each venue programmes their own content. And there's a central coordinating function which makes sure that we don't have clashes and that there's a sensible kind of running order produced. What we've got is an incredibly broad range of activities. Films and film events, apart from being very broad, we try to not just screen films because a film, people can now get those all over the place. What you can't do is meet the director. You can't actually have a discussion, have additional kind of information around the film or a workshop about filmmaking. So it's trying to produce film events which are just a bit more than just seeing the film. Yeah, yeah. And a few years ago, one of the first events I went to when I moved to Stroud was the Breaking Away screening, the old uh, 1970s cycling film. And after the film, there was a piece on cycling poetry. And you think, this is a bit strange, but it was brilliant. It just fitted in the whole evening, as you said, was special. You could not get that on TV. We are trying to do things that you can't get elsewhere. We're also not like lots of other film festivals where people send in films. There's no submissions. There's a lot of Stroud connections. So there'll be films about Stroud. There's films made by people who live in Stroud. I mean, for example, this year we have got Stroud's Secret Suffragist, which is a film about Margaret Hills, not many people know about her, from 1920-ish, who's Mm -hmm. a sort of unsung hero of the Women's Vote campaign. A film about her life is being premiered. We've got also about Stroud, there's a documentary on Lynn Chadwick, the kind of world-famous sculptor with his triangular-shaped people. Lots of directors who are in the area, like Joe McGee, talking about films that he's made. He's worked with people like Bill Bailey, curiously, you know, but doing kind of arty film things for tours for a, a for a comedian. There's Mark Yobst, who, as I think you know, is a is a Marvel director who yes. lives in Stroud but whizzes across to LA every other week to direct films that Marvel fans will have heard of. But I mean, to the kind of the more film society clientele, probably not heard of him at all. And, of course, we have got things for the Film Society, a number of really recent award-winning films. They're not to do with Stroud. No, as Under the Wire is, is yes. one of those about yep. Uh, yep. Marie Calvin, the journalist. Sure, so sure. That one looks really interesting. Yep. There's, there's also Cold War, which is getting lots of oh, yes. recognition right yeah. now. And this Korean film, which is seems to be getting a lot of interest, called Burning so that goes out at Wooten early in the festival. One of our contributors, uh, she was at the London Korean Film Festival okay. at the end of last year. So she spoke to us about a few of the films and uh, 
check with her. Well, she was raving about everything she saw there. So I thought it was really, really good. So that's a wide range of films. How do you select them? We don't select them. Each venue selects them. Okay. So of the kind of those 11 partners, they will choose their programme and we'll try and pull that all together. And so in a sense, it's about people knowing their audience. Yeah. If people want to, to put on a film at the New Stroud Brewery... Funny, I was just, that was the one I was going to ask you about, because that's an interesting... Yeah, well, it's, what, what a venue. They've chosen to put on The Illusionist, and they've got a magician, you know, beforehand, in the interval, and, and afterwards. And when I said interval, yes, they're going to stop the film at a convenient point and serve more <laughs> beer. But what I'm saying is they're experts in, in what they do. They know their audience. And so there isn't a sort of central control team telling each venue what to put on and the film Stroud Film Society have chosen they've chosen a film and the Lansdowne Film Club will have chosen yes. films so in a sense there isn't a central control there's central marketing yeah. and we try and do a lot of pulling it all together and spreading the word and trying to develop enthusiasm and we've got a viral video coming together and obviously there's got a press regular press coverage and the programme which you've seen and all that is, is the sort of normal functions of the film festival but actually it is unusual in as much as it's kind of devolved to each of those places that actually puts the films on. And I think, as you said, it's such a wide range, there is something for everybody. You can go from The Illusionist to, is it Hallison Bachelor shorts that's being done at the museum? And the museum, of course, not only are they putting on the shorts, and I think most of your listeners, I think, will probably have heard of Hallison Bachelor, which was Britain's largest animation studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also got some exhibits They've got some equipment from the studio in the museum, various bits of kind of gadgets which they invented, which were to make the animation process and the sound syncing and so on better and more effectively. And they produced all sorts of of shorts, some funny, some public service adverts, and famously, of course, Animal Farm, Mm, which is Britain's first ever animated feature film. So that's there. But also, I mean, the church, St Lawrence Church in the middle of Stroud, they're a venue... And they're putting on Vertigo, which is a film which does have bits of church and bell tower and so on in it. Yeah, there's two key sequences set in the church, halfway through and at the very end, so absolutely. And that's a kind of immersive screening, and the people that are doing that, they're called Strictly Cinema, and they do things, there'll be music and there'll be probably refreshments in the theme of the period of the film, and probably people will be invited to, to dress yeah. in the theme, in the, in the period uh, so kind of late 50s style will be the order of, of the day there. So that's really kind of a, a, another end of the, of the of the spectrum. So it's a, a thing that you can't, watch, you can't just download it and watch it. You're going to get a filmic experience. But the festival isn't just about watching films. It's also about making films. So there are people talking about how they make films, but also a workshop. So anyone in Stroud who'd like to can sign up for that. Filmmaking these days... We'll carry in our pockets. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, yeah. if you've got a, a smartphone, mm. you've probably got a, a video camera on there and editing software. But people aren't necessarily using all those facilities. So this the workshops to help that. Well, the following weekend, Stroud's running a 60-second film challenge. So make a 60-second film in a weekend. You sign up. There's a small entry fee. And then on the morning of the Saturday, you'll get a message saying, this is the theme of the film. And you've got then from... Saturday morning, breakfast time, through until midnight on the Sunday to make a 60-second film and upload it. And then the following week, at the there's an event, this is Stroud, at Lansdowne Hall, and some of those films will be on, 
on the speak screen there and the others will be on the on the Stroud Film Festival website. So it's an invitation for everyone to make a film and there are categories. There's first time filmmakers, experienced filmmakers. So they will be competing against each other. And then there's, there's under 18s. So we are looking for a really broad range of entries. I mean, last year's was brilliant and we're hoping for it to be even more fun and more people to take part. Excellent. Who won it last year? Do you remember? Well, it didn't have an actual winner. It ah. had about, there were, I think, five that were chosen and yeah. screened on the big night. So they got oh, to wow. see their film. So that, that's the incentive. And then I think we're also talking about maybe that some of those entries getting a little bit of follow-up. So there's a filmmaker who's volunteered to do individual feedback on your film. One of the Brilliant. things you'll get if, you, if you're selected is you'll get some tips towards your next steps in film. One of the other things as well, sort of in the festival, is how reasonable the ticket prices are. You know, we've got free events, but even for the majority of the events, they're very cheap compared to a normal night out of the cinema, for example, and you get all these other bonuses with it. Thanks for saying that. I, I agree with you. Where it's non profit and run by volunteers, and a lot of the speakers and so on are working without a fee, and some of the films to hire are not that expensive. If you get an audience, and so I suppose our, the idea behind this is that if you kind of advertise it well enough and you get a full audience, you've got a full house, you can charge them a modest amount of money. If you think you're only going to be a third full, then of course you've got to kind of cover your costs and charge more. So I think it's based on the idea that we're going to do kind of pretty well on the ticket sales. But we have got a bit of support from the town council, so there's a kind of safety net if it all goes very pear-shaped. But that hasn't happened so far. No, this is year five, and I say each year it goes from strength to strength. Let's talk about some of the people that you managed to get to attend the events. Now, last year we went to see a screen of Control where Craig Parkinson mm. came along at the end of it and, and give a talk on his role in that film, which was absolutely fascinating. And this year we've already mentioned Mark Jobst, which I has got already a lot of buzz from some of our listeners, a Marvel film director here. And again, what most people don't realise, he actually lives in Stroud. Well, there's, um, we've got Pip Haywood is one of the, um, he's running one of the events. And Pip's been a filmmaker living in Stroud. I think he's a BAFTA award-winning editor. He's worked on all sorts of kind of documentaries over a career of about sort of 40 years in film. And he's going to be right there kind of talking about what he does how he does it, why he does it, and talking about how really how you make meaning through editing. So there's like you can take a camera outside and shoot something and bring the footage back in, but he's going to talk about the kind of the art and craft of of editing, which I think we're all used to because as yes. television viewers we've watched thousands of hours of footage since we were children, and yet they are you know the kind of combinations of shots and so on that where there's a language and a grammar of editing that exists but it's kind of just beneath the surface one of the things Pip will be talking about will be that also his connection to the to the local area and he's made some films about round here which I think will resonate with a number of people uh, too. That, that'll be good on the editing front we have been doing some work with a chap called Phil Stubbs and Phil has just made his first film called Last Chances based in and around Cheltenham and it's a lock stock t- style of film and he was telling us that worked on his script for a number of years to develop it, then shot it, and the script's thrown out. You know, everything now is in the editing, and that essentially becomes, editing becomes the new script. Robert McKee is, is a screenwriting guru that you may have heard of. And yeah. Robert McKee yeah. talks a lot about sort of story structures and so on. 
But actually, when it comes to it, it's about the script's the starting point. It's about the edit. Because mm. what works on screen isn't necessarily what works on the page. So no. you do have to kind of yeah. use your judgment. I think what he, where he came from with the script was that producers are terrified of backing a useless script. So it's a lot about script and what looks good on the page and what will work. But actually, at the end of the day, when you could actually see the, the rushes edited, I think that, that's you've moved mm. to another stage of the process. Yeah. Uh, and that that works in reverse as well, doesn't it? You know, you can you can see a fantastic book that everybody thinks, oh, this is a great masterpiece, and then they film it, and it just doesn't work because it's a film and it moves at a different speed. Yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. And, no, and whole all sorts of things about point of view and yeah. the, what the, you know, narrative is the sort of. I mean, I like this definition of narrative. It's the release or withholding of information. Well, a bit like in Star Wars, where he goes. Luke, I'm no, your father. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a bit of information that's been withheld for like <laughs> yeah. one and seven-eighth films. <laughs> so that notion of what makes suspense yeah. and what makes people want to carry on watching. I mean, there's lots of academic theories on all this. And there's also, in a parallel, there's a lot of sort of industry theory as well. And Robert McKee being, being one of those guys. Yeah, I, I remember a conversation that Hitchcock gave once where he said about you can have two people talking on a table suddenly there's an explosion because there's a bomb under, under the table, and that's a big shock. But what if they'd filmed it and showed you the bomb underneath the table and kept that going for five minutes? We were watching A Quiet Place last year, mm. one of the last year's films, <laughs> and that deliberately went into that Hitchcockian mode where it was showing you things the characters hadn't seen and just built that suspense out. And it, it's almost a lost art these days, unfortunately. Hitchcock, of course, also said a film needs three things. One is a great script, two is a great script, and three is a great script. Because without a great script, it's going to be rubbish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can still mess it up from there, but you yeah. can't make poor script into a great film. No, that's right. So this event, then, this is sort of Pip Haywood's Frame by Frame. This is the one on the 15th of Friday, that's the 15th it. of March. So what events particularly looking forward to seeing yourself? I think that is a really difficult question. Uh, the one-off experiences will be the things where there's a, a live event happen vertigo in the church will be a one-off mm. yeah. that's distinctly unrepeatable the workshop with mark Jobst i would go to because he's kind of well, he's very busy but he's, it's a workshop so he's going to be talking about what directors actually do because people have got an idea you go, you know you don't shout action someone else does that so i think that's a really a unique unmissable event but there are others i mean we haven't talked about kevin marr who is the Chief film critic of the Times. Yeah, but I've already got my tickets for that. Have you? Well yeah. done. Well done. <laughs> so he has been in sort of immersed in film all his career, and has just arrived in Stroud. I mean, he's worked for a whole range of you know kind of newspapers and magazines and and so on. So I think that's going to be special. But also watching a big recent feature film that's you know highly critically regarded on a big screen in a in a communal setting does beat watching it on Netflix. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. And it's hard to kind of measure, and it's more expensive. And cinemas are now getting sometimes very expensive. But at these prices, you can afford to come out and, and watch Under the Wire or Cold War with a bunch of other people. And, be, you know, you can do that thing where you talk about it yeah. afterwards, like you did with films in, in the past. Yeah. But that communal audience, where everyone gasps or somebody... Mm. There's something else about that which is very powerful. Absolutely, and again, go back to a quiet place. In the cinema, there were people like panicking when they were rattling crisps. <laughs> you know, it, it reached that level, and you can't recreate that on TV. We were talking about prices, and again, I would stress how reasonable the, the prices are. 
There are also a number of free events. We spoke about the Hallison Bachelor, but I'm glad to see again this year you've got film posters reinterpreted back. Now, I spent a good uh, couple of hours looking at them last year. The 12 Monkeys one was absolutely brilliant. Have you got new artists in this time for this? Some of the artists from last year and some new artists, but this time it's about films from the 80s. Okay. Oh, wow. All the artists were invited to pick a film from the 80s. When is the reimagined posters on? It's got a launch of the... 15th to the 23rd. So it's the second week. Right. We I spent some that. time in there. Yeah, oh, I, okay, I yeah. loved the posters. I thought that was just great. But these guys are, are really thinking about it. And as you say, they watch the film yeah. and pluck out new kind of interpretations. Yeah. And yeah. you can make something that is a little bit dark with a bit of comedy in it. You yeah. can make it... You can emphasise the comedic elements. Yeah. And, and there was a documentary on TV not so long ago about following one of the great poster artists, and he was saying, oh, it's a dying art now because it's usually headshots of famous stars and very little else. But you look at some of the great posters from the 60s, 70s and 80s. Again, the interpretations on this, and I go back to the interpretation they had last year of 12 Monkeys with the animals that escaped from the zoo. Mm. I thought that was just a tremendous way to sell it. I think probably in the world of what you might call specialist film, there's still that going on. But in the big studio, they are selling films to the planet. One of the ones last year which stood out for me and would tie in with the poster here was Alien. And I still have that image. You know, the Alien poster was this egg cracking with a light in between. You did that Strictly Cinema. And that was a real immersive event last year, which I'm hoping the Vertigo one will be this year as well. Just for anybody sort of listening out there who didn't attend it last year, uh, you could come in costume and there were various sort of games and puzzles that you had to solve before the film started. Really, really good experience. It, it was also in sort of spaceship sort of warehouse chic, wasn't it? It was very cold <laughs> and it just reminded me of one of the kind of themes of that film is they kind of going, oh, this spaceship it's a kind of cargo vessel yeah and actually it's all very kind of work a day and down to earth and it's got loads of bits that people never go to it's, it's a bit like you know a cargo ship yes and so that and it was cold wasn't it as well yeah it was cold it was, yeah but it wasn't kind of like you know 2001 with doors that hissed and yeah was a little bit of high tech but a lot of it was the opposite of high tech one of the events that i'm really looking forward to and it is a premiere and we mentioned it earlier on stroud's Secret Suffragist, the story of Margaret Hills. And that's a story that not many people know, and I think that's going to be well worth discovering. Absolutely. Not many people, even from Stroud, have heard of her. Yeah. And we know about suffragists and suffragettes. It's been a bit in the news recently. But her story has not been broadcast at all, as far as I can see. But there are quite a lot of records. And so one of the things in the film is that there's an actress who is reading her speeches so in the locations that they were delivered oh. in 1920 they've recreated a person delivering those at the time very controversial and evocative speeches about you know women's rights and so on so that's a key part of the film is right. historical testimony so that's absolutely what she said word for word really really interesting story and it just makes you think about history that doesn't get told but we're talking of a time just about 100 years ago, less than that. We're talking about the 1920s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Margaret Hills, oh, that's really interesting. It's made by local people, and it's going to be premiered on a Sunday up at Atelier. That's exciting. Oh, definitely. Again, I've got my tickets for that. 
So let's go back over and just reinforce for our listeners what are the dates of the festival. This year, the Stroud Film Festival runs from the 9th to the 24th of March. That's a Saturday to a Sunday, a couple of weeks later. The first event is the workshop. It's called Film School. It's on a Saturday. Anyone can start that. And it goes all the way through until the last night, which is screening at the Lansdowne Hall. And the opening of the festival, is that again in the Albert? Again, it's in the Albert. The launch of the festival takes place on Sunday afternoon, the 10th of March, at the Albert. And it's a chance to meet people that are interested in film, people that make film, people involved in the film festival. There will be projections. There'll be lots of films by local filmmakers on the wall. You can sit, chat and have a beer, or you can put silent disco headphones on and listen to the soundtrack of the film. That's the launch. And then after that, about just about an hour after that's finished, Joe McGee does the first night of the festival at the Good Shed. He'll be talking about films that he's made in Stroud, or a range of kind of global purposes. He's a really interesting filmmaker. My next question is, where can people get their tickets from? If you go to stroudfilmfestival.org, the whole program's there, and you can buy tickets through the, the website... And you can also find out about a couple of leading events that are happening before the 9th of March. There's a kind of two or three things still happening, which just to whet people's appetite and give a little bit of a sense that the film festival's coming. That's an interesting thing as well, is that this year you've had a few leading events that have already taken place. Is that going to be a theme for future years? I think that we're looking to do more year-round events. So some things in the run-up, and then I think there's a lot of appetite for... Maybe, you know, not quite so spaced together, but more spread out. Maybe a drive-in is being talked about, people. Open-air film. More films in unusual locations. Pub, a brewery and a church on the same programme makes us feel that we're doing something (laughs) in terms of spread of venue. (laughs) And, And this is where the Stroud Film Festival is unique and special because these are events that I never see anywhere else. Don't know if we're unique, but we're doing what we feel works for us. Stroud, of course, is a very specific place. We think we get an audience for a film in a church. Uh, I don't know if that would work everywhere else. Yeah. But we've got a particularly kind of friendly vicar who's prepared to. I'm not. Is there a there a film in there? There's a bar. You know. So it's um. Ah. Yes. Goodness. What's happened? Whatever. <laughs> whatever next. One final question for you, because I know I appreciate you're busy. A lot to do. So we like to promote charity work. And you do a lot of work with charity. And I've read you're a director of the educational charity, the Forest School Camps. Is there any upcoming charity work you'd like to talk about or any promotion of that? The Good Grief Project, okay, which is based in Chalford. I think I'd draw people's attention to that more. Jimmy and Jane Edmonds lost their son, Josh, in a motorcycle accident in Vietnam eight years ago. They set up a charity for families who lost children. and called The Good Grief Project. And actually, they've made a film which featured in the Stroud Film Festival two years ago called A Love That Never Dies. And this is a documentary which played at The View to the biggest screen they have, sold out, and has now gone on to go around the world. And they've taken it to all sorts of quarters of, of the planet. And it is about trying to get grieving parents and families to kind of be more active in their in their grief. And it's extraordinarily moving, and the whole charity is a kind of really, really worthwhile thing. So it's The Good Grief Project. I'd recommend people, if they feel in a charitable disposition, look at that. 
And and that's online, yeah? And that's all online. Yeah. yeah well, we'll put a link in the show notes for everything you've discussed. Andy, thank you very much for your time. And once again for our listeners, it's the 9th to the 24th of March. Check it out online. There are some great events there. I look forward to seeing you there, Andy. I look forward to seeing you there as well. You will, Jeff. I look forward to seeing you. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs>